Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, one of our fave panels, and I mean our whole community's favorite panel, the Boomer panel. We're going to talk about dating and parenting then and now. These are these are topics that were submitted by you, our listeners, uh, talking about, uh, we'll also talk about physical attraction. Is it less important than, say, kindness in a partner later in life? And what about the music? How Was music as important then uh, as it is today, or is it more important than to us? So that's just a question put in by uh, one of our listeners. But first, time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514 800. All right, let me answer some questions here that I got by email to Lori at drlori.com. Of course, you can always send them in at 514-800 by text. Hello, Dr. Lori. I'm an Indigenous native living in Kahnawake and want to tell you that you have a following here. I really enjoyed last night's show. The poem you read was really very beautiful. I played it back today and the poet must have put a lot of thought in it. Tonight is the Baby Boomer Show, and I was hoping you may touch on, well, here's another topic for us, on discrimination in the 70s. That era was full of turmoil and change. As a native, we had and have our share now and probably then too. I, I wish I knew more about the struggles back then or that I was even aware I was a wee child in the 70s, so clearly not... Uh, very much aware of the struggles, especially of our indigenous uh, people. So, uh, except for you know whatever I learned in school, but um, but maybe our our panelists will be able to answer. And if other people can answer, there's a lot of baby boomers who listen to our show. So anybody born before 1964, you can answer this. Um, do you remember what was the turmoil like for you or what do you remember back in the 70s? would love to hear some of your thoughts. Yesterday I told you about a free conference. I'm going to tell you again because it's happening this weekend, October 24th. It's a telesummit, a one-day virtual training called the Happy, Healthy, Sexy Marriage. It's, uh, it's featuring nine... Uh, speakers, uh, relationship experts, intimacy experts, and so forth, along with Sherry Winston, who is the the person who started this. So uh, if you would like information, it's free, a full day seminar free for you, for your relationship. Um, Go to intimateartscenter.com, center spelled the American way, C-E-N. T-E-R, IntimateArtsCenter.com. Normally, these things wouldn't be available, but now because everything's gone online, we have access to so much more, and people are giving away amazing free content. So why not uh, try and enjoy that? And that's happening on Saturday. I'll remind you again on Friday. You know, we won't be here tomorrow. It is the the debate, so that um, takes over over passion (laughs) but I'm sure it'll be a very passionate uh, debate nonetheless all right here's a question I I think I'm going through andropause what are the symptoms so for those who don't know andropause is what we technically it's not really the technical term but it's the male menopause so andro meaning male and pause right 
in women, menopause mean the stopping of uh, menses. Uh, andropause, it's really an androgen deficiency syndrome is what we want to call it, the male, male hormone. So that's when there's um, a, a real dip in testosterone, which could have um, a, quite an impact on different areas of your life. So yes, erectile uh, difficulties, that's one symptom, but not the only one. You have to look at uh, a decrease in your uh, libido. Is there a decrease in your libido? Is there a decrease in your overall energy? Do you also notice a decrease in your strength and or your uh, endurance? Do you feel like you have lost some height, like you got shorter all of a sudden? Um, have you noticed a decrease in enjoyment in life, as you notice, some of these are the same symptoms of depression. So sometimes they can be mixed up with depression. Uh, are you sad and or uh, grumpy? Again, your erections less uh, strong. Have you noticed a recent deterioration in your ability to play sports if you play sports on a regular basis? Are you falling asleep right after uh, dinner? Has there been a recent deterioration in your work performance. These are all things, if you answered yes to most of these, please go and talk to your doctor about this. First of all, yes, of course, talk to your doctor, have your, your testosterone levels checked, make sure that they haven't gone uh, so low. If they have, then there is treatment um, available, but there are things you can do, which is a good diet, regular exercise, uh, stress management, reduce uh, tobacco and alcohol intake, all of these things have uh, some, the, the good things boost testosterone, the bad things uh, take it away. So I want you to think about, uh, about those things as well. My older sister had the most handsome, sweet, semi-dark skinned boyfriend in the late seventies. I remember my mother would not let him in the house. How horrible. I thought he was amazing and was so jealous. So maybe racism was more, uh, prevalent back then. I think, um, I would say yes, probably, uh, that I do, I do remember that, uh, the kids were not like the kids had friends of all, all races and, and what have you, but the parental response, um, might've been a bit uh, less, let's say less accepting simply because they didn't know much maybe, uh, or were not as exposed or, uh, what have you, at least in my situation, my parents were immigrants, so maybe there's a you know, some things related to that and not having grown up in, in North America and what have you. I, I'm an old hippie that lived in the 60s and 70s. It was important to be cool. Racism was so frowned upon. So if you expressed negativity, huh, you would be shunned. Had many native friends and wasn't even a consideration to look down upon others. Wow, that's, that's really... Uh, refreshing. Of course, I didn't grow up in the sixties. I was only born in the sixties, but, um, the importance of being cool <laughs> that I remember the importance of, of being cool. Um, but certainly for me as a teenager, racism, not cool. Like I remember very much being, uh, all for one and one for all, like having that attitude. And, uh, it didn't, to me, race made no difference in, in the friends that I chose or, or anything like that at all. So 
I don't know if, again, it, was it the older generation that had more of an issue? Certainly my generation did not, uh, and, that, and I was born in 64. So uh, mostly I, I, I was in high school in the late, uh, late 70s, right? I graduated in 81, so late 70s. Uh, Coming up, uh, Mark and Mallory, or Mark and Mindy, uh, (laughs) as some people have called them, uh, will be joining us talking about uh, dating then and now and parenting, uh, like parenting teens then, how we were parented as teens and how we parented our teens, I think. Uh, quite differently, in fact, but we can we can all relate because we all have children and raise them through teenagehood. <laughs> so- on my son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no It's passion with CGAB 800's Dr. Lori Batito. I think I I like I love my panelists, but I love the music more. <laughs> and our baby boomer panel—that's when we get to hear all the good music from way back when. Uh, joining us tonight for our boomer panel, Mallory, who is 59, divorced, remarried, is here. Welcome back, Mallory. Hi, Dr. Laurie. Hi, Mark is here. Mark is our passion poet. He's 61, divorced. He's a grandfather, so he's kind of single now, but, uh, you know, he's out there. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to give away too much. Uh, We've already had people going, where? I want to know more about this guy. Uh, All right, let's talk a little bit about parenting. Let me share this email with you, and then then, uh, we can all respond to this and think about this for a minute. Uh, Last night you said there's a Baby Boomer show next week. I enjoyed very much the last one. I had to go back and get the names of the two guests, and if I may, I would like to pose a question to the three of you. If you were a parent of of teenage dating kids in the 70s, would you bring up your kids the same way your parents brought you up? What, if anything, would you have done differently? I'm wondering if you and Mallory would have a different insight, and Mark being a male, how different it would, would it all B. So thank you, Tanya, for that. We really appreciate that. That's a very interesting question because uh, I think personally, I had to th- I had to think about how did I want to raise my kids, right? So when I was growing up, there was no talk, no sexuality talk. Forget that. Like my parents did not talk about uh, sex. It was like one of those taboo kind of of subjects. So for sure, of course, I'm I'm look look at the business I'm in uh, I obviously spoke to my kids at, at, at a very young age when it came to sexuality and Mallory's laughing because you know, I've talked to her kids too <laughs> over the years uh, the ins and outs. yeah but I also think I'm more on the ball I remember as a teenager feeling like I could hide more from things from my parents like I think as uh, my parents were immigrants to this country I I think that they had they did not know a lot of this I mean I'm saying that now but I'm sure we all think our parents are 
clueless, but you know, <laughs> and then of course, when your own kids grow up, they tell you of the stuff they did that you didn't know about. So I'm thinking it wasn't so different in the end because teenagers will do what teenagers, um, will do. So the only thing I can think of really differently is mostly about the sexuality. I think, uh, my parents weren't, they were strict, but not, uh, overly so or at least I didn't feel it was overly so Mallory as a as a woman you're you grew up in a half Italian half uh French Canadian French Canadian household so I wonder how it was for you and you had a huge family so I don't know like how was it for you as a teenager um I was number seven out of nine children Jeez. okay (laughs) so there was a lot of older uh, children than me. There were six older than me. And uh, I had some sisters who broke the ice on some stuff. Aren't you lucky? I was the oldest. I had to be the one breaking the ice. (laughs) No. Although when my older sister started living with her boyfriend, my dad did not speak to her for about six months to a year. Oh, wow. Okay. So by the time I wanted to live with my boyfriend at the time, uh, my dad was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's doing it. Go ahead. (laughs) You, um, you were grateful, weren't you? For the... Yes, and my younger sister is even more grateful. Yeah, I'm oh. sure. Oh, but if yeah. I could change anything, it definitely would just be more communication yes. about sexuality, about stuff. Instead of just saying, no, you can't go out. No, you can't do this. No. Well, why? Because I said so. I would have appreciated more of a conversation, which yes. I used to do with my children. Yeah, that's true. I used to have a line with my kids when they asked me for something. I would say, okay, convince me. Like, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say, convince me why I should let you do this or why you should be allowed to do that, right? There we uh, go. Yeah. So it was. It was bef- Back then, it was no and that's it. I, I'm your father and I said so, you know? And that's it. Right. Exactly. So that has Well, changed. I have to tell you, my dad was against sleepovers. Mm-hmm. And that was for all his daughters, no sleepovers. I, so at one point in my late teens, I asked him why. And he said when he was young and messing around with girls, those girls used to tell their parents that they were at a sleepover. Oh. So then, you know, I acted shocked and said, Dad, exactly what do you think of me? <laughs> you know, which kind of stopped him. But then he ended the conversation. Okay. Well, based on his experience. So, Mark, as a, as a guy... Um, and parenting your uh, your kid, how did you parent them any differently than you were parented? Well, I'm the youngest of six with four older sisters. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. You're the first boy. Uh, I was the last. The last I'm boy, okay. the youngest okay. of six. Okay, the youngest of six, right. Okay. And um, my father was extremely strict. Like, uh, you know, he had curfews, 9.30. You know, what didn't mean 9.35, it meant 9.30. <laughs> Okay. You know, but with my older brother, who's nine years older than me, um, he had a lot more flexibility, a lot more. In fact, he got away with murder. Really? I didn't. (laughs) Okay. So your father watched you like a hawk. Absolutely. But with my my daughter, um, I raised my daughter differently than my father raised um, my sister's. I became best friends with my daughter at a, uh, when she was at a very, very young age. Like uh, I used to go and play softball with her. I did a lot of things with her. And even as a teenager, um, I always told her she can come to me for anything. And she did. Wow. And it wasn't always the best conversation, but... You mean you know, the, you most comfortable, the most comfortable conversations. That's right. Right. Exactly. 
But so you showed her the openness. It was like, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to be open to whatever you want to talk about. Absolutely. And she's, uh, and she's 37 today. And, uh, and she's not only my daughter, she's a best friend. That's amazing. That's great. That's great when your kids are adults and they can then be your friends. You know, you, you did something right there for sure. Uh, let me share a poem before we uh, we move on to our next topic. This one written by Mark, who's right here tonight on our Boomer panel, but with the help of Mallory. Uh, I think you guys came up with it uh, together. <laughs> She's saying, no, 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 I didn't. I didn't do anything. It's all his. <laughs> Uh, It was hard to wake up on a school day and happy to get home in the afternoon, but we were up bright and early on weekends to watch our favorite Saturday morning cartoons. We graduated from animation to reality, then off to our first high school dance. The opposite sex became an interest, and we started our very first romance. With hands in each other's back pockets, oh, I remember that, that's how we walked, as we walked down the street, or maybe going to a drive-in and watching from the back seat, oh, you're bringing back memories. It starts with a kiss and a touch, there's definitely no doubt it is time to put into practice all the things you dreamed about. There was no texting or Facebook, no multimedia in our hand, but we took our music with us if you had a Walkman. Uh, We watched Dick Clark's American Bandstand as disco became the scene, finding your place on the lighted floor, getting down to Dancing Queen. I think the best years for a boomer was from 65 to 84, a musical and social revolution, the wave that touched every shore. That's great. Thank you. That's lovely. Uh, that pretty much depicts uh, our years for uh, for sure. I think my most fun years were probably a little after high school, like the like between seventy eight and you know, and then university years and after that. So let's talk a little bit about music. This is uh, from um, one of our listeners. My wife and I were out shopping and came in to find her parents in the living room dancing to music playing on the TV. They were dancing a slow song and by my wife and I could only watch unnoticed. The song ended, they kissed, sat on the couch when we walked in and went the went to the kitchen to put the groceries away. We then sat in the living room with them and they were watching at PBS pledge drive called my music rhythm, soul, love and soul was hosted by Aretha Franklin and Lou Rawls. We had that music cause my parents loved that music, uh, live performances by seventies, black soul groups with an orchestra backing them up. I have to say we did miss the best. There were some songs we were familiar with from the radio and some we were not, but her parents knew them all. There were times we even got up and danced with them and there were times they just sat enjoying the music and we can see they were reminiscing. One of the groups, I believe it was the Spinners, asked the live audience and TV audience to please support public television. Uh, They truly loved the music and the performance. Um... Decided, uh, we made a pleasure. Okay, we watched a lot of PBS and it was time to give back a bit. Just the enjoyment her parents had from that show made it all worthwhile. We were wondering, and we know, we'll talk about this after 10.30, but we know the Baby Boomer Show's Wednesday. We would like to know how important was music to boomers when they were teens. So hang on to that, Baby Boomers. We'll talk about that and I want to hear from our, our listeners who are Baby Boomers as well. How important was music to you? Back then.
from the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. It's our boomer panel tonight. We've got Mallory with us. She's 59. She's divorced, remarried. Mark, our passion poet, in fact, is 61, divorced, a grandfather. Before we continue with them, uh, I'll share with them and end with you our stupid sex story of the day. This was out of Glasgow, and I just, I wish I could do the accent, but I cannot. Uh, A stunned roofer and his mate took out their cameras in disbelief as police nabbed a man walking a woman in the street like a dog. Ian McGough was flabbergasted before bursting out laughing as the officers pulled over the man who had been walking the woman on a leash. She was wearing a dog mask and walking behind the man at 11 a.m. Apart from the mask, her getup is conventional. She even has a backpack on. Ian had to do a double take as he drove past the pair. He said, it's definitely not what you expect to see on a Monday morning. Just a typical morning in Glasgow, eh? Uh, The guy had his bird on a leash, that's what they call women, uh, with a dog gimp mask on. It looked like he was taking his dog for a walk, just without the dog. I couldn't believe it at first. I got my mate driving the van to turn it around and go past them again so I could have another look. The unidentified man was stopped by police. Uh, Two officers could be seen chatting with the pair while the girl was still wearing a black dog mask shocked locals couldn't believe their eyes as the couple took an early morning stroll through the south side of the city in the pouring rain ian shared the pictures to his facebook page and pals were quick to share the hilarious posts it's went mental people are loving it it's been shared thousands of time Uh, no arrests were made so we have talked about this in bdsm panels and such about that you know that kind of uh Role role play. It's just a little weird to see it out in the streets. I've seen it at like the Salon de l'Amour, for example. I haven't seen it on the streets. Uh, for our boomer panel, Stevie writes, I was doing some work at home, had radio on in the background and was packing things up and going to bed after a long day that you mentioned the boomer show staying up for it. I love you three. Let me see if I get this right. Lori, of course, Mallory and Mark, one of my favorite shows. Mark is the passion poet question mark. I'm a fan. So there we have uh, one fan listening. We were just before the break, we were talking about the importance of music. And I think this texter says it perfectly well. How important was music in the 60s? We all had fancy stereo systems and no TV. So what else are we supposed to do? We spent hours scouring books to heighten the sexual experience. Tapestry was a must. We had, so I grew up, I had television, very little television. Like they were like, I don't know how many channels. We didn't have cable in our house. It like four channels so it wasn't like we spent time watching tv but we spent a lot of time with our record players and we all had our little portable record players and collecting records and so i think music was a huge part for me growing up rock and roll and then later on disco and things like that those were huge parts of uh, of growing up what about for for you guys mallory i know you were really big on clubbing back then I was, but I want to mention something. This generation will never understand the frustrations of when you're, you were, you call the radio station up to request a song and then you wait by the radio with your tape recorder <laughs> so you can record it. And then the DJ talks through half the song and you're furious. 
<laughs> why did he have to talk during the best part? And you know, but um, oh yeah, I was a clubber. I was a little disco bunny. And uh, I got to tell you, every day when I cook dinner, I have my Amazon Music, and it's all oldies. It's all right. disco hits, and it's all seventies and eighties, and it's fantastic. And I'm dancing in my kitchen. Well, you're a big. Uh, I know you've been listening to Shome, like the rock station, for almost your whole life. That's another, like for years yeah, and years, decades and decades. Yeah, and CKGM and oldies nine nineties and Oh yeah, yes. Ra- radio was was big. Like our music scene, it, that was really important because that's mm. a lot of it is what we had because we didn't have the choices of television. Uh, this text is really right. Like we spent a lot more time listening to our radios uh, and and our records and such. What about for you, Mark? Well. My oldest sister, she was, like, really, really hooked on, like, the Beatles, uh, older bands, like the Herman Hermits, the Dave Clark Five. Mm -hmm. So I got introduced to that at a very, very young age. My brother, he was more into uh, soft rock. And my other sisters, they were into all the middle of the road. But I think I was the youngest one in my friends that got on to FM music and got off AM. Okay. You know, like, I was listening to Shom long before they would. You know, they were still uh, hooked on... uh, um, sea Fox, I think it was. I don't even remember that. Uh, th- this texter writes in, everyone remembers Stairway to Heaven as the last dance of the night. Stairway to Heaven was the song, and you better had someone to dance slow with that. Like, you wanted, it, like, especially if I remember for me, I was 12 or 13 uh, when Stairway to Heaven was very popular or came out I don't even remember and uh oh yeah that was the year of the dance of the socials we called them like they were just we had we started dances right with with mixed boys and girls for birthday parties and such and that song played every single time and it was like everybody waited for that because we knew it was like I don't know how, 12 minutes? I don't even know how long that song is, but... Like 16 minutes. So, yeah, six. it was a 16-minute slow dance. <laughs> and it was... And, you know, I don't know if you... I have a vision in my head of how we used to slow dance at 12. Like, you don't want to touch too close, and you're like, it's a little awkward, and, you know, and it might be the first time you feel something hard there. Yes, girl, <laughs> like they would say... <laughs> No, usually it was, it's the first experience, not just me and and like other friends too, is like the first experience of feeling a boy close and that the erection through the pants, you know, it was like, oh, (laughs) that was the very first experience. So you just brought up a lot of memories. Every time we had the boomer panel, we, we, we find great memories. And that was part of the, I guess, how we dated back then too, which is a little bit uh, different, but if anybody wants to talk about that, we're happy to. Um, how you think dating was different back then than it is now. But I also want to talk about how uh, physical attraction for older people doesn't seem to be, at least the research shows, is no longer the the most important thing in dating. We'll see if you agree with Mark and Mallory and myself, all baby boomers, uh, and hopefully we'll get some of our baby boomer listeners to join in. Dr. Lori Batito 
on CJD 800. Okay, so we didn't dance slow throughout, but there was at least a big chunk of it where it was slow dancing, as one person reminded me. Uh, this is our boomer panel. Mallory, 59, divorced, remarried. Mark, uh, our uh, our passion poet, 61, divorced. He's uh, also a grandfather. So just I want to briefly touch on... Um, dating then and and now I, I like i know what it was like then obviously dating as a teenager now i i could it's only from what i observe but i remember back then it was on the cusp of we all grew up with the message that good girls don't right it, there was still that that was still there that messaging uh whereas we don't have that so much then, but that caused a lot of slut shaming. So the, even though I want to say in the last 50 years or so, maybe more, the age of first intercourse has not changed. It has always been between 16 and 17 years of age. So, but back then, if you, you couldn't, nobody could know because then you would be, it would be, you'd be slut shamed. Like there would be so much more of that. Whereas that I think is a big difference in today. And of course, back then we didn't talk about much about consent in the way that today it's, it's so much more important and everybody talks about that. So it wasn't, it really wasn't talked about all that much. So I don't know if any of you, uh, Mark, if you want to add something to how dating was then, that was any different than it is maybe now? Well, in high school years, everybody knew who did, all the girls who did. Uh-huh. And, yeah, because, you know, they, you know, um, unfortunately back then, and probably still true now, teenage boys talk. Mm-hmm. And the girl, the poor girl gets a reputation. And by the way, just so you know, teenage boys back then made up a lot of crap. Because oh, yeah, sure. I remember this kind of stories, you know, that, that guys I dated that I did nothing with that, but they would go and tell their friends that they did. And, and so they're creating this reputation for you at the same time. So that was not cool. What about you, Mallory? Um, I was a late bloomer. Uh, Italian father was not allowed to go on dates, was not allowed to get in the guy's car. So if the guy did ask me for a date, my dad would say, does he have a car? And I'd say, yeah. And he'd say, no, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't one of those baldy kids where I'm going to do it anyway. I just did not. Cause I really thought that my dad would kill me. You were such I a really good girl. Him. <laughs> so-, so I was just a late bloomer and I really didn't start really dating till I was 18, 19. Okay, so you were able to get out of the house uh, with oh, more yeah. freedom. Oh, yeah, I had my, my first serious boyfriend at 19. Okay. And, you... and still made him wait a year before I gave it up. <laughs> you were a good girl. See, I was your father girl. put that in you, right? Good girls don't have sleepovers. Good girls don't do this. Good girls don't do that. That's uh, right. Yeah. Can't come home pregnant if they don't let them go out. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the text writes, in our crowd, good girls did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How old are you? 
Oh man, the last thing I want to talk about, and there's, I always have so many, there, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, of course, and I appreciate that our listeners send us topics as well that they want to hear your opinions on. So thank you for that. And you can keep doing that because they're here every month anyhow. So there was a study that said that Americans over the age of 50 said kindness is among the most important attributes they're looking for in um in a partner that they are far less worried about appearance so that's dating later in life so lynn so um mark you were um uh, you're single so you're you're dating mallory you too you were single for a, a certain amount of time um do you how true is that that the that kindness is more important than appearance i think that's true true okay mallory what do you think yeah absolutely true okay so two in five confessed to being more nervous for their first date when they were older than as a younger person i don't know if that was true in in case do you still get nervous at first uh, first dates mark no not at all no no not at all (laughs) okay uh, let's see what else they found here. I, I, I just think it's, it's interesting. Politeness rose in importance as people grew older, as did personality. So when you're younger, appearance matters more. And then, uh, politeness starts to increase. Kindness starts to, uh, increase. So I find that, uh, that interesting. So when you're dating, Mark, especially you, when you're dating, what do you at this age are looking for that is different than what you were looking for when you were younger? Uh, I think now the first 15 minutes is probably the most important. Okay. But when I was younger, um, what looks was important, but I mean, it was, uh, you know, you're a teenager and it's like almost like love at first sight. I mean, you know, you, you, you seen somebody and you were instantly attracted. You didn't even know her name or nothing about her but you're instantly attracted. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that that cannot happen today. Right. But it was much more, you know, uh, frequent when you're a teenager. Right, right. And uh, and now what is it, what's the, if you had to name the top three qualities that attract you, that attract you to women now, what would they be? She dresses, her personality, and, um, and the smile. You know what I mean? Somebody with a good sense of humor. Okay, good. Mallory, what about you? When uh, before you married your honey here the last couple of years, what what were the things you were looking for? Um, you know, it's so funny people say physical attraction. You know, one man. You know. Yeah, absolutely. One attraction. Person, yeah. Somebody. Right. I I agree with uh, Mark that he said uh, the first fifty minutes. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to say if. If after 15 minutes of talking with this person, if I didn't want to kiss them, I wasn't interested. Okay. That was was the end of it. Because there had to be some sort, whether it came from the outside or the inside, I needed after 15 minutes, if I'm not feeling it, Uh forget it. But the person, I wanted somebody with a sense of humor. I wanted somebody, of course, kind and somebody good inside that Mm -hmm. you could tell they were just deep down a good person and it just came out. Right. You could tell. So there you go. The, 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 I guess it fits with, uh, with the study, which is quite true. As we get older, kindness 
matters so much more that somebody has a good heart and, and a, a lesson to be learned for people out there be kind we talk about kindness all the time here just be kind and you'll get luckier i think <laughs> guys thank you so much for uh sharing your time with us and and your experiences and life experiences you know we always love having you Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Mark Mallory and, of course, uh, Mark, our passion poet. You can hear his poems pretty much every night of the week here. Uh, thank you all for your time. Thank you for your text messages and your input, especially if uh, you're a baby boomer as well and you gave us some of your thoughts. Thanks to uh, Chris Akins uh, for all the wonderful music tonight. So appreciated. Uh, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where you'll find all the podcasts of the past shows. If you go on the Passion Radio tab, you can get them there, but you can get them through SoundCloud. You can get them through iHeart, uh, the iHeart app on the CJD page. You can go to, to cjd.com to get it. Like we are everywhere. So there you go. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.